This is a tripod broadcast. You believe clones are real? At the Church of Tripod, we don't sell indulgences, buddy. Well, let's start recording, so... We just did. Okay, cool. I think this is a key show to listen to because it's... It's it's uh, it's all about emotional masturbation. <laughs> Journalistic integrity. It encapsulates everything that we're about. And I'm sorry. Now, <laughs> give that some thought. Yeah. With Addison... I can't be mad at you. You got a haircut. And Matt. I would recommend that you stop listening right now. <laughs> Delivering that blood. Oh boy. I'm about to drive through Coca uh, these shoes, so I'm going to listen in. <laughs> what the hell is that? Coca these shoes, the capital of Somalia. Yeah, I, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I meant, why, why do you say that? Yeah, I'm about to go through a rough neighborhood. Ah, gotcha. Just have to remember to lock your uh, lock your windows when you go down Martin Luther King Boulevard. <laughs> oh God, I'm awful. A couple of people coming in here. Call it what you're allowed to speak. What do What do you have to say? I'm just here to fact check. Don't mind me. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> don't you understand that facts don't exist? Is that kind of like everyone has their own truth? Oh, for God's sake! Uh, how to eat candy corn? One, open the bag. Two, pour the candy corn into the trash can. Three, McAfee didn't kill himself. What do you think about that? You think McAfee killed himself? Are you asking me? Yeah. Um. Uh, no, I think he was uh, suicided. For so you believe like sort of his tweets saying that like I've got I don't know this that or whatever else on whoever. Um. I mean, if he actually has dirt, I don't know. It's yet. I mean, we, we we still have to see if anything's gonna be released, but right. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I saw a post in a channel today, um, and I don't remember this. I'd have to go back and verify it. But I saw a post in the channel today about in 2016, apparently, um, when everyone thought that, or it was rumored that Julian Assange had a dead man switch. That was when a whole bunch of hacks like took down like big portions of the internet, and so they were saying they're like they're like look at what they did last time to keep these dead man switch from coming out, and so that's going to be interesting. It'll be it, like that'll be kind of a tell for me if there's if there's some cyber attacks within like the next like I don't know two weeks maybe that would uh, yeah <laughs> lend itself to the idea that he has something. Yeah, I don't I don't really see any reason why he would kill himself, um, but well, yeah, I don't he's... either. And he t- he, well, he tweeted like a week ago that he was uh, happy or some shit and perfectly fine. Yeah, he tweeted like prison wasn't too bad. He's old. He has a bad. He has food. He's content. Whatever. Right. Um, did you see he dropped the that Q graphic on his uh, Instagram? Like, yeah, some, yeah, someone I did. Yeah, I don't think that's real. I've I've tried to verify that multiple times. I mean, you want to fact check? You, <laughs> I've tried to verify that multiple times, and I have not been able to verify that it's true. I see a lot of people reporting it and saying, "Oh, look, it happened." Blah 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 blah. I haven't seen anything that that sounds like because uh, him and Mrs. McAfee were not on Instagram for I guess like many many years, and. I want to say it was like a year ago, maybe more, that they decided to get an Instagram, and it was just a joint one with the two of them. Um, and like he never had a verified account on Instagram that I'm aware of, that I ever followed, that I had anything to do with. 
yeah, and that's, that's interesting. Going around. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Cause I, I saw that going around too. And I'm like, well, that's kind of bizarre. And then I'm like, I don't really remember that account at all. And then I started searching for it and I'm, I've come up dry. So that's to me, that is not verifiable. It's possible, I guess, but yeah, that's what we're saying. They're saying it's M C A F E E, right? Isn't that him? Yeah. Official John McAfee. Oh, well, there is a, so if you put it into DuckDuckGo, official John McAfee, just that as all as one word, um, the first thing that comes up is an Instagram page and the, like the cash that it pulls says it had 54,000 followers. Um, I kind of want to see, because obviously if you click it now, it just says there's nothing there. But Yeah. I mean, I don't know any logical man who has a joint account with his partner. So <laughs> I'm well, pretty sure this dude had his own account. Oh, maybe. I just don't recall. I don't recall ever following just an account that was him. Uh, let me see. Actually, let's see if the Wayback Machine has got it because I didn't try that. I'm just kind of curious unless you got something else on your mind. No, really, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to hog the mic. I know there's four other people in here. so. <laughs> well, they are welcome to jump in. Okay, so it was cashed on the 23rd, but that was fucking yesterday on the Wayback Machine. The last time it was cashed was in 2020 in November. I'm going to look at that snapshot just out of curiosity. Nope, that's just an error. I really don't think it's real. I really don't think it's real. Because uh, I thought he had tweeted in the past, too, about how fucking dumb he thought Q was. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, I don't, I, you know how I feel about all that nonsense. That's not, in my opinion, we'll put it that way. In my opinion, reasonable people do not follow Q. But, you know. <laughs> what do you think about um, Biden's speech? I think it was maybe today, maybe yesterday, in regards to. Um, using COVID funds to hire more police. Yeah, I saw something about that, but I haven't looked into it really. Uh, that's <laughs> isn't that kind of a slap in the face to uh, you know defund the police? Like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he was ever really on board with that. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> the guy who wrote the crime bill, you don't say. <laughs> I mean, he's he's an old white guy. Like, really, I don't oh. think he's ever gonna support or defund the police BML movement. Okay, so I do have I do have a internet wayback machine snapshot of that John McAfee account and apparently it's real. Um I just don't know if the the Q thing is real. Everybody's saying that there was a Q posted. Interesting. Anybody else have anything on their mind or Oh, let me ask you. <laughs> well, you're not a you don't you don't claim to be a Christian, do you? Colin. Um only because of the negative connotation that word has. Okay, that's and, fair. And, and because so many of them are whack jobs, but go, <laughs> go, go. If, if, if you had a question, I, I can maybe answer it. Well, I was just curious what you thought about, uh, you know, because this big discussion I've been having with a bunch of people is about, like, you know, the the take on Revelation. Like, and I was just curious if you had uh, a particular viewpoint. A wise man once said... <laughs> What's that? What did a wise man want to say? <laughs> he said, I am neither a uh, post mill or a pre mill. I am a pan mill because it will all pan out in the end. 
Oh, well. So really, I don't give a shit. Because at the end of the day, it's going to happen regardless. And it doesn't really affect me one way or the other. Mm, I can see that. I mean, that's what I've that's what I've said for myself for five years now, and it's only now that I'm I'm looking into it and forming opinions. But it's been yeah. years since I read Revelation. I've noticed you posting a lot of uh, things in regards to Revelation, so I'm just like curious. Like, do you think it's popping off in in, in your opinion? <laughs> um, that's tough. <laughs> The the big thing I've been talking about with Jesse is like pre mill versus post mill. Um, but again, like it's it's where it's so difficult for me is that I never I was never really like full on pre mill or what have you. Anyways, like I I never really adopted the idea of a rapture. And I, I, that has never made sense to me, and I just don't see it in the text. Even when you know I read it back in the day. Um, but the post mill idea to me is is. Uh, of concern it's just it's just i don't i don't know yeah well just so like the question i asked jesse today like i was like okay so christ is in control okay and the timeline as you see it ends with us you know a majority of people being saved or brought to a saving knowledge of jesus christ and i'm like but how does that factor in because i mean as you know my fear of the machines uh <laughs> you know that i mean seriously that you know the the fourth industrial revolution is upon us you know, um, the next great deception will be humans and machines, you know, together. And we're already seeing that. Uh, I mean, a compelling argument could be made that that's what the vaccine is for some folks. I mean, you know, what, depending on whether you believe it or not. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that all necessarily fits in. But I do know, I do feel like there's a spiritual component to it. So, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think I've ever read Revelations in its entirety. Ever? Not in its entirety. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness! But in in my limited understanding of the Bible, I would say that if there's going to be, um, I mean, if, if the end times do happen, I don't think that Christians or people who believe in Jesus are going to be raptured and like. Uh, saved from any like tribulation. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I never have. That's always been the big point of contention for me because I'm like, there's just verbiage all over the word that says like, hey, it's going to be a pain in the ass if you want to follow me. I mean, literally, you know, like deny yourself daily, take up your cross and follow me. It's just, to me, it just doesn't fit in with any kind of timeline where it's like, God's going to be like, nope, you don't have to worry about that shit. <laughs> I just don't see it. Never have. Yeah. Um, um I do have a, a question. If if it does happen that way, which again, I don't think well, it's going to. Where folks um, are raptured, you mean? Like a, yeah. like a left behind scenario, basically? Yeah. Um, yeah, like you, you look over and someone's clothes are just laying there. Right. Whatever. Right. Okay. If that were to happen, do you think those who were left behind would have mm. a second chance of like being like, oh shit, <laughs> maybe this is actually real? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you want an ordained minister to sign off on your plan? Is that is that, is that what I'm understanding? I, I'm just I, you curious. Know, like at that we're point, not, is it we're too not, late? Listen, at the Church of Tripod, we don't sell indulgences, buddy. Okay, you're gonna have to. <laughs> 
No, that that's kind of a good question. I don't know. I don't know, and I I, I don't think I could necessarily say for sure what the pre mill folks believe. If somebody wants to hop in, we got some workers, but I don't. I, I I don't know. I don't know if there's a second chance there, or if it's like a different salvation, or or what have you. I mean, I would think at some point people would be like, you know. Oh shit! It mentions this in the Bible, <laughs> you know, or something. But uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. That's always been a, a sort of a question of mine, and I don't, I don't know. I've never, I've never read into it enough. There are so, kind of two types of camp on that. One is the left behind camp of like, oh, anyone that knew about Jesus can believe in Jesus after. And then there's the other camp that's like, no, that's the unpardonable sin at that point god will blind their heart like blind their minds to it and then you can't actually come to christ if you knew about the gospel prior so there's base so (laughs) they're split on it is what you're saying (laughs) yeah just like everything else in revelation i say what a surprise from the christians (laughs) uh it's interesting well there you go colin i guess um you know depends on which one you believe so, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned you have you had concerns about the post-mill movement. Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what are your concerns? Well, <laughs> where to begin? So, so it's, it's really, for me, it's wrapped up in this idea. And it comes across, and maybe, t- to be fair, um, you know, he's not in here, but but the number one guy who I have conversations like this with, it's presented to me as though the spiritual realm or and, and sort of everything that goes along with that, angels, demons, you know, what have you, it, it doesn't factor in at all. And that is something that I that I can't seem to get on board with. You know what I mean? So it it's basically just a just a full overarching view that says Jesus has won the battle here on earth and it's done. And as a result, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get people to sort of uh, the post bill people, at least for me to kind of address verses where it talks about Satan walking about like a roaring lion or, uh, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart or any sort of spirituality beyond like, Nope, you have the Holy spirit. Your job is to build the church and that's it. And that's the biggest point of contention for me. Because I, I see a scriptures, 66 books, that indicate that there is a grand <laughs> cosmic war on if you if you you know don't mind that verbiage, like there is a grand cosmic war between good and evil. Um Yeah, and I just I just don't see it as as having finished or really reached any I mean, it's reached a conclusion the, the way that I put it to me, what I see is that Christ has Satan has his sentencing, if you will. But he's on death row. And right now, his and this is the way I've always understood it, right now, his goal is to deceive as many people away from God, Jesus, the light, you know, salvation, if you will, whatever you want to call it, uh, as possible. That's what I see playing out, um, I think, in reality. <laughs> I think, that, you know, that's, that's pretty clear that that's what Satan's up to. And so this idea that it's like, oh, no, he's been cast down. Christ has said he's got all authority and and it's all said and done. While I do believe that's the case in a spiritual sense, I think I think it's really clear in, in Mark that um, that when 
Christ gives the Great Commission, he's talking about, because he specifically mentions the Holy Spirit, and he says, the helper's going to come after me. The helper's going to come after me. If I'm not mistaken, the verbiage even specifically says, you're going to be without me for a minute until the until the Holy Spirit gets here. And so th that's the way that I see, if you will, broadly, spiritual warfare, or the spiritual landscape, or the metaphysical landscape for Christians. I see it in that context. He handed us the Holy Spirit. That's Christ within us. Who have and as a result, if we're saved and believing, we have that power of Christ within us. Um, I don't see it as being like a cosmological end of the battle, which is which is again how post mill has come across to me. That's that's what I've and I'm like I just I don't see that I don't see it in reality and I don't see it in the whole of scriptures discussing Satan, spiritual warfare, demons, like all that stuff, you know. Anyways, that was kind of rambly, but I think the main question that you and I kind of nailed down this morning when we were talking about it was really what is the role of the evil in the world in a post-millennial idea that Jesus has already conquered it all? Like if Satan has been cast down, then how do you explain all Oh, you dropped out for some reason. Are you still there? Yeah, don't know what happened. Oh. Uh, yeah, Satan, the role of evil, Satan's, uh, or the, the role of evil in the world today is kind of what you're talking about. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much precisely it. Like, I don't get, I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, Christ is one post mill viewpoint. It's done. Well, um, like most churches are totally down with the exact opposite of the Bible. And, and of course I'm speaking about, you know, the whole trans thing and the whole, you know, you know, male and female, he made them like that sort of thing. Like most churches are going against the literal word of God in, in some way now. And I mean, yeah, to me, it's always just played into that. This is, this is Satan's plan. It's the deception. It's did God surely say, well, and you know, coming from someone who works at a church that, um, well, church is sort of a that. loose, loose definition, but well, yes, it, is <laughs> it is technically a church that I work for. Okay. Um, but it's true. I actually remember the first, um, series I put together for my youth kids, there was something that, um, a lesson that talked about hell at some point. And like the leaders, the Methodist youth leaders were very like, not cool. Was talking about hell, people getting cast down. Um, evil. Oh, even, even just with the concept of hell as like a punishment. Yeah. Like that's just, it, it just wasn't okay for them so, to talk about. And that, it kind of took me back and they tend to now they're softening on things. Like um, I showed the movie, the Prince of Egypt one week and it was like, Oh, well, we don't know for sure. One of them's tried to tell the kids, we don't know for sure that this actually happened. This is oral tradition of just a community making sense of their world. And I was like, what? the what holy shit yeah i know she she just spoke up and said this and just took my that's a whole other issue that i'm dealing with but you know well, you is, can. oh my god and it just it drove me crazy but that's honestly the things that they're hearing now because it's the stuff that people want to hear and if it's hard truth they don't they don't want to stand up for it well and and colin will recall a time when i uh I think you used to t t troll and uh, like writing stuff in for the show. I fucking hate Rob Bell. <laughs> and he's the one that's, didn't he write that book where he was like, ah, hell, it's really just an idea. Yeah. It's like love wins or something. 
Yeah, something like that. And he basically makes I mean, it's a nice idea. Yeah, it, it, it is a nice idea, but it's not in scripture. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Sarah, if you, do you have another minute, I was going to ask. So if you don't mind, obviously we can cut whatever this out of the feed if you want. And that's fine. But they're Methodist, right? Methodist is who you're. Yeah, it's the United Methodist Church. The big one. And how do they, so how do they, what do they, where, where do they think we are? What's, what, what, how does the end look to the Methodists? It actually depends on who you ask in the Methodist church from what I've Oh, seen. so they're just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's kind of a joke that um, people always say that you can be a Methodist and believe whatever you want. And the Methodists will push back at that and say, well, that's not true. But like, the more I'm there, I'm like, yeah, it is. It kind of is really true, actually. So it's too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting, and that's that's the, my big thing that makes me think that the post mill viewpoint just doesn't work, because I see so called churches everywhere just basically saying, well, that's in the Bible, but is it really? And again, like to me, that's the garden deception. That's what the serpent said to Eve. Did God surely say, <laughs> you know, um, and, and post mill to me, sadly it does. It, it does a lot of that. Did God surely say, um, cause it's like, yeah, well, did, did it... that's definitely the, the, the vibe. It's definitely the vibe. I don't know if everybody there is post mill. We, I also am at kind of a strange church that has a lot of old people and old, old guard in it. But a lot of the younger people, it's very just believe what you want. And it's everything that they come back to is grace, which is good. I mean, it's good to come back to grace and the grace of God, but it's well, sure. the excuse for everything. It's the excuse for why we're going to celebrate, you know, homosexuality and make them all our pastors. Like that's that's what they're right. using as the justification for it. In fact, at my car wash that I'm supposed to do as a fundraiser on Sunday, they're hijacking it, making it like a pride event. So awesome. Yeah. Well, you can go ahead and DM me uh, the address <laughs> of that event. I'd be happy to show up with a bullhorn and protest. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, please do. <laughs> and I, but I won't, I won't own you because I have to keep my job for now. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go full Westboro. Like I'm, be reasonable at least <laughs> well they did ask us they were like hey we should have the kids wear rainbow colors and i'm half tempted to just show up in gray <laughs> and say oh i forgot right whatever yeah I mean, it's really crazy and it's really it's you know it's 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 sad that it's painted so much as like homophobia because it just isn't for the majority of people i mean i don't know i, I guess there's some homophobic christians that are just like you know dirty fags get away from me but but the majority of people that i know who would subscribe to the bible are basically like look this is in the bible is a sin and that's what i believe and your struggle or someone else's struggle with that sin is just that it's their struggle with that sin just like i struggle with my sins i mean we've, we've been talking about this on the show for like since like episode three or something like that yeah, and I just don't get it. I don't get why now it's like, oh no, 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 no. Now we got to do the the gay priests and the gay, you know, clergy and the just all the way, man. It just goes back to what culture getting into the church. Like, it's not that things are changing and whatever. Like, you should expect the world outside the church to look the way that it does. You know, you can't expect 
those who don't follow Christ to follow Christ and to live their lives in that way. But, you know, when people are coming to the church and saying, oh, no, it's okay. You can believe that or you can believe that. Even about, you know, like we were talking about earlier with the end times, like there's two different schools of thought on, you know, where we are and what's going on. But the fact that people won't draw a line anymore at all is affecting the culture of the church. You know, that you're not even allowed to say, no, you shouldn't do that anymore to anyone about anything because, oh, well, God needs to convict them. And it's easy to see sometimes like, no, it says this literally right here in scripture. This is not okay, but you're not allowed to call anybody on anything. Right. Exactly. That's precisely it. And that's, you know, as a, as a peek into like kind of our relationship, like that's kind of been our discussion for our family because it's like, well, okay, well, how do we find a church that is going to be that, you know, at least some things, a no can be a no if it's in scripture, but also they're not going to be, you know, cause we're not, I'm, I'm, I, I won't teach my children to hate people. It's not going to happen. So, so it's kind of like, you know, how do we, how do we navigate this new world of no, 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 everything's okay. And you know, did God surely say, uh, it's really tough. It's really tough. One thing that I kind of take a strong stance whenever I'm talking to other coworkers of mine or someone, you know, that I'm just talking to at the church, when it comes to culture infiltrating the church, I always am very explicit and tell them we are called to be countercultural. Everything in our culture tries to lead us away from God. We are called to be countercultural. And that means that buying into the politics and the and endorsing one party or one um, kind of secular movement that's coinciding with the kingdom of the world. And, you know, if you feel that way personally, that's fine, but it's not the church's stance to do that. And there's not going to be a perfect church, but, you know, I, I always tell them to evaluate what you're supporting and where that support is coming from. Is it coming from a heart that seeks Christ or is it coming or Pepsi Cola. from something that feels good because that's what your culture around you is doing and making you warm and fuzzy. Exactly. And if what you're doing is putting you in line with that culture, it should probably scare you. (laughs) Honestly, not that everything the culture does is wrong, but if you're in line with everything the world around you says all the time, like our world is not pursuing Christ. And if you line up with them, then you're the one that's doing something wrong. Yep. That was one of my first, that was that first lesson series that I did was literally called countercultural. And I'm continuing to try to drill it into their heads. I don't know if they're actually retaining any of it, but who knows? And you kept your job? I did keep my job because I didn't point them in the face and say, you're going to hell. I, I did fill it with a lot of grace, but I also made it clear that the world that we're in is not one that wants to follow God, which is true. Yeah. Well, to me, like, like I said, like you, you know, Colin, you were asking what my biggest beef with post mill is like, it's that because to me, it dismisses this idea that we're at war and, and we're at war is not some verbiage that's associated with crusades or, you know, killing gays or any of that kind of thing. But like the scriptures from start to finish to me, spell out a spiritual cosmic metaphysical war that we just happen to be a part of if we, if we, well, we're a part of it, whether we accept Christ or not, but that's the narrative that I see played out. And post mill said to me again, says, um, nah, it's not that way. (laughs) Or it was, and that the war is done. 
and I just uh, that's I just don't see it. When you mention um, cosmic warfare, do you mean uh-huh. like in space? <laughs> uh, no, I do not. No, I do uh, not. Okay. The physical and spiritual warfare. Satan, uh, or you know, Satan's rebellion against God, and subsequent, subsequently being tossed out of heaven, like that sort of thing. That's a cosmic war. No, space, space is fake and gay. <laughs> Speaking of space, there's going to be a, I believe, a full moon tonight. Oh, is there? You should uh, nice. check it out. I, do, I love looking at the moon. I actually, I go out and look at it all the time. And I'm like, I, I actually speak my truth to the moon. I go out and I look at the full moon, and I'll be like, I'll be like, you're way closer than they tell us. You're not a rock. <laughs> oh, what's up? The wizard's here. Can you talk, Matt? Or you uh, got shit going on? I do have shit going on right now, but I can also talk. Wait, hold on. Are you actually shitting? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Solid, no, my got, friend. Solid. Just got home from work, um, and yeah. What's, makes uh, what's what's going on right now? What are we what are we talking about? Oh, pre mill, post mill. The church can't call gays gay. You know all the good stuff. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the, because the post mill thing to me is is it's just a dismissal of spiritual warfare. It's a dismissal of the concept of a very real and active Satan who is very who's trying to deceive you, which I think again is spelled out all through scripture. But yeah. what are you, what, I don't think we've ever talked. Are you pre-mail post What do you believe? You believe there's no end times a flat circle. Um, I'm not sure. As far as the, the pre post mill stuff is relatively new. When I was uh, yeah. 20 years ago, when I was still in church, um, <laughs> up in church it was, it was pre post trip, mid trip. It was all about, like when we're going to get raptured now, it's, right. When you, when the tribulations come. Yeah. And when the rapture yeah. happens. Yeah. Now it's like, Oh, it's already happened or has it. Right. So, but then I also haven't done uh, very much um, research into it. Um, so yeah, I think the, the, the main ones, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know all the specifics of it. Yeah. It's uh it's complicated. It's com- it really is, and it it really makes you wonder, you know, just in terms of interpreting the Bible for your own use, because, you know, like Jesse and I. I so uh, Jesse from the group, he's been on the show before. You know, I've known him for my entire life. Uh, great guy, love him to death, and he he and I are reading scriptures about this a- almost daily, and coming to very different conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just straight up, like, I really don't think that means that I really, you know, and, um, and I wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, it's not like there's any glaring apostasy <laughs> or heresy <heritage laughs> in, in either one of the things that we do. Is his, viewpoint that, is his viewpoint that, that Christ has already returned? Yeah. Post. Yeah. He's post mill. Yeah. So everything in revelation was fulfilled by, um, Nero and the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Okay. And, and so we are living in an age where Christ said in Matthew, when he was getting ready to go, um, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. 
And so that applies to everything in this realm. Christ is Christ is already supreme leader, and nothing that any earthly principality or kingdom or what have you or Satan um, is is going to shake that or or come against that. And the end of time is when Christ returns uh, for a great white throne judgment. And at that time, the kingdom of God will have grown so much that a majority, if not all, I don't believe he believes all, but a majority of people will be will have reached a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's again the broad the broad points. Um, I mean, if you blend it up with a little bit, if you throw that in your KitchenAid and blend it up with a little bit of a Buddhism and some. Um, <laughs> some uh the ideology of single singularity then um, you know maybe you might have a point i do think that the thing in matthew that all authority has been on heaven and earth has been given to me and i'm right. you know passing that on to you i th i think that's true i've, I've spoken on the, on the show before about you know my belief that uh um coming from the the examples of jacob and esau um Wherein, and then in the in Cain and Abel, in which you have this this mirroring of good and good and evil, um, specifically in Jacob and Esau, where Jacob steals um, Esau's blessing, so he has all the spiritual <clears throat> component and the spiritual power. Uh, Esau sold his birthright right for a bowl of soup, so now he has all the physical and the spiritual power. Um, Esau still being the dominant one physically. And so in the world, I think that, that Christians and, or we'll just say that, that Christ consciousness spirit, so as not to get too, too well, too Christian with it, <laughs> has, already been, has already been given to us. So we have all spiritual authority. We just don't realize it. Um, well, that's what I believe. And that, that was my argument to Jesse. When he mentions the verse in Matthew, my argument is, and was you 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 can't take one story of Jesus' ascension and broadly apply it to all of them. And so what I do is like in Mark, he specifically goes into and says, "I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit." As a matter of fact, that's the passage where he says, "Hey, my followers are going to cast out demons. My followers are going to handle snakes." Right. And so, Ooh. if you're going to take that verse in Matthew as a literal all authority, like it's done. Um, then why wouldn't you take what's in what's in Mark literally? And to me, when you put the two together, we see a Savior, a Messiah, who has all authority because he paid the price, broke the curse, and he's passing it on to us. And he very clearly in Mark says, it's through the Holy Spirit. This power, this yeah. authority, this spiritual power and spiritual authority comes from me in the form of the Holy Spirit in you. Um, that's what I see, and the and the uh, the post mill viewpoint is is quite the opposite, at least of that that text in Matthew. It's it's no, he's solved it. It's done. It's you know a hundred percent. We're just we're just waiting for Jesus to split the clouds and and end this madness kind of thing. But but it's fundamentally though they don't believe that there's going to be progressively getting worse. I do believe, mm -hmm. that. and I, I, again I don't know whether I'm pre if that makes me pre mill then so so be it. But yeah, because to me, reality think, says. Go ahead. No, I think we can we can say it's it's always getting worse. It's been getting worse since the garden, right? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And uh, so, as I was saying, the we have spiritual authority. Um, we just don't. We've just forgotten we did. 
we have. You know, we all we had all both physical and spiritual authority in the garden when there was no difference between the two, and they were the same thing. Um, you know, the coin didn't have two sides yet. Now it does have two sides, and uh, you know, demons, angels, or we'll just say demons, since you know Adam sold his birthright um, to the serpent. Um, they have power in the physical realm more than we do. Um, if we got our shit together collectively and realized that the, the, the uh, physical power has is no match for the spiritual, then it wouldn't be the case. But as I said, we forgot that we have that spiritual power. Um, you know, I, I just there's there's so much that we've forgotten about you know who we are and what we're capable of mentally mentally and physically you know it's like uh, me always talking and about spiritually magic, you know? yeah spiritually uh me always talking about magic you know will and intent um and it's not you know alacadabra and boom you cast a spell and now you've turned the cat into gold which i wish <laughs> i could do because right cat would I'd, I'd be rich you pay off the truck. And, That'd be great. And you'd be rid of that fucking cat too, which is a plus. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but it's it's the first getting down the mental, turning that into will, and then using that to shape the world around you, which is totally totally possible. But it always starts with something that is it's not quantifiable consciousness your thoughts it's not real it's not reality it's imagination it always starts there and then becomes something else everything that has ever was or ever will be started as an idea something that was uh you know not physical or spiritual it was it's consciousness um and and everything that has ever been has started from an idea so what if those ideas made manifest um, weren't made manifest, right? What if they just stayed an idea? It's, it's a long, long way for me to say that our spiritual authority in the world doesn't come from, um, it doesn't come from some sort of dogma or theology. It comes from who we are as spiritual and physical beings. It's part of that innate soul that we have, right? I've talked about right. before. Made in the image of God, too. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, I was thinking about this the other day because I read Genesis and, you know, because we're made in the image of God. That's what scripture says. But it's, but there's also this verbiage about what happens with the garden and the fruit and all this that says we'll be like gods. So in some way, we're, we're made in his image, but the what happened at the fall was something that made us like gods or at least that was the, the serpent's deception i don't know it's just interesting <clears throat> i believe the quote is you will be as god knowing good and evil yeah that's it yeah yeah i i think it's i think it was um the the, the difference between seeing the whole and seeing it as all one system and then seeing good and evil as separate things, right? Or the physical and the spiritual as separate things. And it's true, we, we, we did become as gods, seeing 
both the physical and the spiritual as different things. But then it ultimately um, it led us down a path of, well, now we think that just the physical is real, right? Or that we have no power in the spiritual. Yeah, hyper-materialism, it, yeah. Yeah, it couldn't be farther from, from the case. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting idea. And I haven't put a whole lot of thought into or looked at it, you know, scripturally. Uh, hey, uh, you know, was scripture fulfilled in 70 AD? Quite possible. I know there's a lot of um, stuff in the New Testament, specifically in Acts, that corresponds to Revelation. Um, I don't know. But there's so, well, that- there's so much... There's so many ideas about what revelation is. <clears throat> if you read it in the right context, it's it's the singularity, you know. And when he describes the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, it's it's a fucking computer. You're just he's describing a computer, you know. <laughs> um, Jesse's it, it, shitting well, his pants no, as he listens. <laughs> he, he, well, he's describing um, uh, what is a tesseract is what he's describing. Yeah, in, yeah, very, in some ways, you know, it's it, it's maybe the black cube of, uh, of, um, Saturn, Saturn, the black cube of Mecca, all these other different black cubes that, you know, the black cube that's at one world trade center now, you know, yeah, I think there's like a uh, dozen of them all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of people will say, I I don't have an opinion really one way or the other. I think it's interesting to take note, but you know, I've, um, Really, in the past couple of years, <clears throat> I've stopped being super interested in going down rabbit holes of conspiracy and more just notice, take note, but not put uh, put my full weight behind saying, oh, this is this is true. This is definitely happening. Look at, you know, all this stuff behind the yeah. scenes. It's happening. It's there. But I'm too obsessed about it and make it oh, something that takes up so much of your day it, it's it's not worth it. It, is, it i think it's bad for your mental health um personally but uh yeah the i forget what chapter in revelation is but he's describing the city of god describing zion coming down from heaven and landing on earth and it's if you if you read it it's like it sounds like a tesseract it's almost kind of it's a little weird i don't know yeah well and that's but that, but, so- but it, uh, um, I've, I don't know whether this is, this is true, but <clears throat> I've heard that Patmos, the Greek, Greek island of Patmos, is known for its hallucinogenic mushrooms, and a lot of people think that you know John was yeah. tripping balls the entire time he he wrote Revelation, which is possible, you know, maybe true. Um, which in which case it lends a whole lot more credit to Revelation, um, because. Uh, <laughs> You you would there's it's either a massive trip in which he what it was revealed to him the nature of the universe or God re- did really snatch his soul out of his body and take him up to heaven and show him you know it could that revelation could not have been written by somebody not having either an out of body experience it, it couldn't have been written by somebody sober it has to be either you're tripping balls bro or your soul got snatched up out of out of body <laughs> experience you know. Yeah, one way or the other, yeah. And if you talk about, like, when Matt mentioned earlier, kind of how eating the fruit from the tree separated our ability to see the spiritual and allowed us to only see the physical, maybe that plant 
reconnected them for him and he got to see the full universe the way that it should be in the spiritual world that we're going back to. Uh, yeah, quite possible. Oh shit, the tree in the garden was an ayahuasca bush. Boom, nailed it. <laughs> isn't there some berry that can do it? Because ayahuasca is like a tea, but isn't there there's some berry that can make you trip balls in there? I don't know. No. I don't know. Well, that's kind of mine. always been my thing about... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's that's kind of always been the thing for me about Revelation, is that, you know, and Meredith and I were talking about this the other day, it's kind of like, well, many times throughout Scripture, too, even when you're speaking of prophecy, because isn't this what Daniel is, too? The, the whole statue, Nebuchadnezzar, and all this shit. Like, there's, there's a precedent in Scripture for a prophetic word being for the present time or the present person that is being given to and also included in scripture as something for us. So that's like what we were talking about, even in the context of revelation, it's like, well, it's, maybe it very possibly was talking about 70 AD and that age and those people and that beast, that antichrist that was Nero um, and is, is just as valid for an end of the age antichrist and beast system because as you and i have noted like well what is the beast system like when you compare it to to, the, to that verse you know god or mammon it's kind of like okay well the beast system is the system of finance right like i think that's i think that's pretty clear that we can pull away that he's talking about no you need to understand that your very livelihood should come from the father as opposed to earthly systems you know anyhow yeah i i think i think the key there in you know is a system that enslaves um, yeah we live in um a world that is messed up and people do bad things uh, you always have to have a system in place somehow maybe not for the individual but once you get a gr groups of people together with differences you need to have a system in place to make sure everybody plays nice um so it's not i don't know there's always going to be a system like that. I think the key is to not become enslaved in the system. And most people get enslaved by money. You, you've got to have money. So you get a job. And, you know, before you know it, you're just, you know, what you thought you weren't going to be as a teenager. Man, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be different. And then, you know, you end up the same um, as everybody else. How dare but, you? I am different. Yeah, well... To get out of that, to get out of that system, I think the only way to do it right now is to ignore it, live your life, you know, go if if you want to get some land, go get some land, get some guns, do your own thing. Um, if you don't want to do that, if you want to live in the city and live in a high rise apartment and you know work your job and commute and whatever, that's perfectly fine too. But don't get mentally enslaved by the system and i think that happens to a lot of people especially um people on the very extremes of the political spectrum because they spend so much time and um mental effort thinking about a system that doesn't care about them um doesn't take them into consideration at all and only wants to take and they're giving their mental and spiritual energy to this system by paying attention to it. That's why, you know, I've, I've said in the past on the show about, you know, like paying attention to things like the Kardashians, you're just giving them more power. You know, the celebrity worship, 
sports worship. Um, not not that you can't not that you can't enjoy those things. You know, like there's movies and TV shows I enjoy, but to but uh, like for instance, I love Lord of the Rings. It's it's some of the best film ever made. It's epic. It's huge. It tells a fantastic, beautiful story about love and friendship and and good over over evil and about plus it's know, a true story the, the little guy yes that's true the lord of the rings is is, is non-fiction the, about the little guy just doing, just doing his best where he is and uh you know but i have no lord of the rings memorabilia except for one thing that was given to me a couple of years ago um i have you know i don't have all this these little idols that is serve as a shrine to Lord of the Rings because it's you know it's amazing, but I enjoy it. But it's it's not something that is an obsession for me, and I don't give it my attention other than when I'm watching the movie every few years. And I think that that us giving our time and attention to oh, what did Joe Biden stupidly say today? Who cares? He's he's right. He's yeah, an old exactly. Guy. He's an old doddering fool, and our government is going to do what we want, what it wants to do, or what the CIA wants it to do, no matter what. <laughs> no, no matter if it's if Donald Trump had a second term or the election was rigged or what. So you can say yes, the election was rigged, and uh, you know politics don't really mean a whole lot anymore, and that's true. And then you move on, because giving your time and your protect attention, you and yours. Yeah, giving your time and attention and your energy both physical and spiritual energy to um, that system, whether you think that system is correct or incorrect, you, you're only just feeding that system and then further embedding you into it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to, to watch football if you enjoy football, but, you know, to obsess over football. Now, anything that becomes an, an obsession is borderline unhealthy, you know? Um. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, the, the big thing for me is that I, <clears throat> when I've said this on, on the program before, you know, there's so much, uh, yeah, man, I, I just got into a place where it's like every cent that I've ever made or known how to make, you know, um, which, practically keeps a roof over my head. Uh, yeah. It's just tied in, into the system. And, and, and now yeah. like what I've done over the last 18 months is I'm like, Holy shit. And I really, really don't like that. And I, I mean, as you know, I've taken great steps to, to unplug from that and stay out of it and, and, you know, make conscious efforts for me and the, and the family and it's paid off. It's, it, it really has, but yeah. Peering in the future for me is, is really murky. Cause I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do it because I, I agree with you 100%. I really do. I really do. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. Well, it. <laughs> well, I wasn't necessarily asking you for an answer, but uh, it's just been on my mind a lot. I saw, I saw, people. I see I that. Know. I saw, I saw Jay popped in here. Jay, you got something on your mind? What's, are you just listening? Listening and lurking. And now he who shall not be named is gone too. So. <laughs> I, I I thought that was him. I thought that was him. Oh. Well, I had yeah, yeah, that was him talking earlier. Um, oh, was it? Okay, he left because I I got on. I don't know if it was because you got on or just I don't know you got bored or whatever. 
Uh, but no, somebody sent me a message and they're like, they're like, why is he in there? And I was like, well, the channel's public. I mean, I don't, you know, I, uh, yeah. as long as folks are going to come on and have a good conversation, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Give that some thought. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was never about like, you know, him, uh, him getting kicked out of the chat was because he was being a being, dick to people in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Just being belligerent and it's okay to troll, but when you're being, you know, yeah, just being an asshole, no. So, yeah. Anyway, exactly. So, well, that's why the guy that joined today, I immediately kicked him, and because I because I sent him a PM and I was like, "Who the hell are you?" And then and then and then uh, then I kicked him because he didn't answer. And then he sent me a message and he was like, "Yo, I've been listening since blah 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 blah." Trying to play, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> I'll add you back in." Yeah. All right. So let's let's, let's switch topics just a little bit. McAfee is he dead? Is he dead? <laughs> Well, we already we already covered that, uh, oh, we but we okay. didn't cover that. We didn't cover is he dead? We were just covering is he suicided? Uh, is he dead? I don't. Wow, uh, I hadn't given that some thought yet. It's because personally, personally, yeah, I think McAfee was deep state. Maybe not, or maybe not deep really? state, but I think he. Yeah, well, I, how, I do. How so? Um, because he he thought he fingered a lot of other things. Which I really liked about him, because yeah. at one point he, he was like Telegram, Signal, Proton Mail, everything that says it's encrypted is a CIA backdoor. Like, and that to me is, I'm like, okay, I, that's probably the case. You know, maybe he was um, deep state, and then you know he 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 decided to turn away from it. But the whole McAfee software system was just problem reaction solution. It was, you know, hey, the, hey, you, you're. We, we're going to make these viruses. We're going to send them out to people. Then we're going to sell them antiviral software. When there's right. really, you know, people making viruses aren't, you know, most of the viruses out there were probably made by some company that wants to sell you the solution to that that problem. Uh, we know this. Microsoft does this all the time. Apple does this all the time. It's it's part of their business model. You you intentionally break things, and then people will pay money for you to fix them. Sell the solution. Yeah. Yeah, so I, th I think McAfee, the software, and because there was a time when McAfee was the software, everybody has McAfee. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, I think at one point it was shipping with like all the major manufacturers. Yes, yes. So like you, you bought a computer when, and McAfee was on there. Mm -hmm. So when you're at that level of, especially in the early days of um, computers, well, maybe not the early days, but the, the days of the computer boom. You know, late yeah, 90s. The dot-com bubble, yeah. Yeah, the 90s and, and then into 2000s, and the, the birth of Silicon Valley. Uh, I, I think that that was very much engineered. And the people who came out on top as the controllers of, you know, software and the computer world, you, you know, they were in the club. They're a part of, of um, you know, that, that deep state intelligence well, yeah, that that sort of control DARPA everything. network. To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, I, uh, speaking of that, I was just reading an article real, uh, real quick the other day about Google, and I mean, holy shit, dude! Like the title of the article was uh, the C the CIA started Google, and it's like, yeah, there's a pretty compelling case for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we all we all know that you know, Facebook and LifeLog are the same thing. LifeLog was a uh, a U.S. intelligence operation that started in the early 90s and ended the day before Facebook or the same day that Facebook applied for their copyrights. 
you know right um and then we have hey, we, and live vlog was supposed to be the exact same thing that facebook is is today um so yeah i don't know it's possible and you know i don't know what i don't know i don't know but it's possible that you know mcafee was in the club and then he was like you know what i don't want to be in the club anymore and he went to go do his you know do his own thing and you know sniff cocaine with you know black prostitutes on his yacht <laughs> <laughs> which is by the way precisely what he's been up to <laughs> yes yeah um and then, I'm not knocking it. I mean, more power to him. But what what exactly was he in? Was he arrested for? Uh, well, he okay. That's that's actually a slippery one, I think, because he had been saying for a long time um, that he was on the run because of tax evasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that was the case, and I think that's what they ended up actually grabbing him on. Um, even though I think, again, I think during this period he was also tweeting and saying, "They say it's tax evasion, but I have the goods," kind of thing. Yeah. I, I did, again, don't quote me on that, but that's it because it's a it's a murky thing. But why? What what have you heard? Or what do you? I mean, what were you going to say? I haven't heard one way or the other. Um, if it was, you know, the goods, well, okay, so he's that that to me means that he used to be in the club and then he you know, turn rogue. And now he's, he's got part of, he's got dirt on the club and he's, you know, going to, going to spill the beans, but he knows if he spills the beans, he's dead, you know, or spills some of the beans, he's dead. Uh, well, so, that's the know, story. That's, that's yeah, the so, underground story mm-hmm. that I'm saying. Yeah. So he, he's going to hang on to what he's got and, you know, play this little standoff game with the authorities. You know, to me, the authorities finally nabbing him and then him saying, Oh, I have a dead man switch. We'll see what happens. It's supposedly happening now that they're decrypting his cash of whatever he had on his uh, that was on the blockchain. Um, oh, where are you seeing uh, that? I, I hadn't seen that. That it was now. Oh, it, it's all over. Four, it's all over four chain right now. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, get on poll. Get on poll and just scroll down until you find the the McAfee threads. Um, it's on. It's the only on thing that I've right? seen. Okay. The only thing that I've so, seen is this bizarre story about this Q on his Instagram. Have you seen yes. that? Yeah. I don't and I, so, I don't know if it's true or not. There I don't know if it's true or not either, but allegedly there was the Q had embedded a hash um a um a blockchain hash tag or whatever it is. And yeah, but that's that's super dubious too because there's no way that would remain on Instagram. There's just no way. It, it is a little dubious. <clears throat> According to 4chan, there was a 31 terabyte uh, um, torrent that was put up on Pirate Bay uh, okay. just after the news broke that um, he had died. Um, like I say, allegedly, but apparently right. that, you know, his big dump of all information that he had and right. it's all going to come out and Hillary Clinton is going to be, you know, convicted right. of eating babies at all. Yeah. Yeah. And Donald, Donald Trump will be president again. No, well, won't that be nice? Um, <clears throat> was there, was there a name on that, on that file supposedly on the pirate bay? I was trying to see. I would have to go back and look and see. Okay. Yeah, so. I can see that. I did come across Donald Trump's 
nudes if you want me to forward that to you <laughs> yeah absolutely what okay, is let me go find it let me go find it here i'll, I'll send it to you <laughs> fantastic bigly no it's not it's not bigly <laughs> well it really isn't probably no surprise there uh <laughs> that's amazing for sure send that fuck what was i saying sorry i smoked while you were going on <laughs> yeah no the, the hey, whole mccaffey thing yeah who's that what's up Ango? it's Ango. No, i've been uh doing a lot of reading this week and i was uh, funny i actually read something um i want to get matt's take on world tradition the spoken word uh okay i i've been reading this stuff and it's really got me thinking you know that the old tradition is really the oldest I mean, the first genesis 1 1 mm -hmm. god spoke god spoke the word yeah and i've been reading a lot a lot of stuff about the power of old tradition and the spoken word spoken word about handing this stuff down um just wanted to get your thoughts on it i want to go back on mute here i got four and a half hours to go south so i'll just be nice Thank you, dude. Uh, and everybody, a real quick plug. That is Hango of uh, the Hango Show over on Tripod Broadcasting. It's tremendous. It's huge. Check it out. It might be your thing. It might not be, but it might be. Uh, anyways, yeah, oral tradition, Matt. What do you got? I, I'm, big, I'm a big proponent of oral tradition being um, more accurate or more maybe more relevant than written tradition. Um, there are several examples we see especially in, in aboriginal um australians who their tra their traditions and their ideas about the world have remained unbroken for fifty thousand years and it's pretty interesting um same thing with a lot of native tribes in the americas who <clears throat> they when we look back at their oral traditions they've had and they've kept kept up it's pretty accurate as a um to put up to the to what we would call world history it's pretty accurate in how it describes um different eras of the world and um different movements of the stars and things an interesting thing to look at would be the the dogon tribe uh, out of africa who had this oral tradition that sirius was a binary star system and it was two stars spinning around very quickly. And, and they were the ones who originally called it the dog star. And it wasn't until 5,000 years later that we find that, oh, Sirius is a binary star system. We only found that out using the Hubble Space uh, Telescope. So how did they know? You know, um, I think oral traditions are much stronger. I think there's a reverence with it. When you have an oral tradition it's usually tied into daily activities that then are tied into, um, you know, seasonal activities and yearly activities and the movements of the stars and behavior of nature and animals. And because it's something that is based on the real world, the physical world that happens to everybody every year, every generation, you know, on down the line, it's something that is manifest in your life every day. Um, and because it's oral tradition, you have a responsibility to know it and to 
pass it down correctly to the next generation. Anybody can read something in a book and say, okay, well, that means one thing. Somebody else comes along and says, no, this means something totally different. We, I mean, we were just talking about it with the, the pre and post millennialism. Um, you can interpret something that's written down incorrectly, but if you're learning from somebody orally and you say, oh, you just said it means this, they're immediately like, no, no, it doesn't. This is what it actually means. And so you, they're learning things accurately and correctly um, rather than using your own interpretation and your own biases to uh, um, to come to some conclusion about what's written down, you know, you are you're getting it from a source that can expound on the material and what what they're telling you, you know, and, and give context, more context than you could with simply just reading it from a book, um, you know, and you know, as you're sitting around the campfire thousands of years ago, and the elders of the tribe are telling the same story that you've heard at this time of year, every single year, and it becomes ingrained in you. It becomes something that's that's a part of you. And oral traditions, you know, they haven't been distracted as we have in the past couple of years by shiny doodads and newspapers and TVs and, you know, what the king wore to have breakfast this morning and things like that, you know. They're concerned about, okay, am I we going to have enough wood for tonight's fire? And, you know, are we going to be able to live off the land or, and, you know, hunt buffalo next season. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, oral tradition is a way of handing down knowledge that's more congruent with a natural state of the, of the world and living in harmony with the world. I think it's, that's a good way to put it. It's a more harmonious way, more natural way of cataloging history. And I think that's why it can be much more accurate. Also, we know that like, they change history all the time. Whoever own, owns the printing presses t t can write whatever's in the book, and they can change whatever's in the book. I mean, you know, we're fans of Dr. Farrell. What does he say? My ebooks are not the correct versions of my books. Only the printed versions that come from the press, the publisher that I pay personally, yeah. are the correct versions of my books because they can anything could be changed. You know, especially in the age of, of electronics. And I mean, we know this. I mean, look at that. Look back at the histories of just the 20th century and how many lies have been told about events that have happened. And things have been framed. You know, I'm not talking about, like, you know, everything in the 20th century was a lie, but there's a lot of things that were framed in a different context to make certain parties look good, right? Like, or bad or what have you. Yeah. Well, like the war in Vietnam, right? That we're out there, we're there fighting communists. Well, no, we're there to protect drugs and trade, right? We're not there to free Vietnam from the evil commies. We're there to for for heroin and to make sure that we control shipping lanes. That's what we're there for. So, yeah. Well, that's actually to to go full circle with it. That's why I. Uh, can't buy a post mill viewpoint because it's just like these systems really seem to be set up to do. Yeah. Wage a war on humanity, but it's interesting that oral tradition versus the written tradition, but you've never, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you've never gone to any sect of Christianity that really keeps a strong oral tradition. Do you, are you, or have you? No, not really. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder, I wonder if that, yeah, I don't know. I should really look into Christian oral tradition, but then you got to get into like church fathers and all that stuff. I think. Yeah. The Catholics have a pretty good oral tradition. 
<laughs> don't now don't be rude but that, that that's just with the altar boys <laughs> how dare you during pride month unbelievable I, I, oh man i forgot it was pride month my bad i oh, yeah Shit. dude i was in uh i was in some department store the other day the whole end cap there's fucking there's literal kitchen utensils that say love is love and i'm like are you like honestly like <laughs> like it's not just the shirts they had towels they had like all it was yeah yeah so and then that's the week, one i have a problem with this week um my sister has a clothing and kind of doodad line that she started um called human period um very nice the website is uh, not a thing dot us or us <laughs> or whatever it is not not a thing dot us okay to check it out and buy a t-shirt but it's um part of the proceeds are given to marginalized peoples blah 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 blah, blah. and it's her little um you know uh, it, it's and it's not i shouldn't i shouldn't make light of it because she's very proud of it and it's it's successful but um a new person recently started at work and it has one of her bumper stickers on the back of her car. And right. I was like, Oh great. Hire another liberal. We'll uh -huh. I'm gonna get I'm gonna, I'm gonna get canceled at work. I'm gonna say something bad. <laughs> I actually had the, I had to remind the guys today, I was like, Hey, listen, she just started. We gotta we gotta find out where her line is. Okay. So right. keep you know, keep the anti Semitism to a dull roar, the That's... racism, the bigotry, right. the um and especially the sexism, the sexism. Yes, that's what I'm yeah. trying to think Lib about. Liberal woman, like yeah, you got to yeah, careful. Yeah, I was about to say what what is it when you criticize uh, women? What's what's that one called? <laughs> right, it's the patriarchy. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. I love that channel. Yeah. By the way, proclaim the patriarchy. <laughs> How I dare you? Patriarchy is evil. No, it's not. It built everything in your life, Matt. It gave you everything. The matriarchy made me though. Yeah, well, and how's that working out? <laughs> I'm, I'm existing. I'm not dead. I'm not starving. That's true. That's true. I've got I've got no, drinking my cup and smoking my bowl. What were you gonna say? Were you gonna? I thought you were gonna tell a story about this clothing brand or something for Pride Month or something. No, it's just it's just it's the, the new person at, at work. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I had I had the bumper sticker on our car, and I was like, oh great, a, a liberal. Bigger. Well, they didn't. Well, here's here's the new thing too. Like you know, check the resume. If they put their pronouns on there, like then you know, problem. I didn't. I didn't see her resume. I'm not. Yeah, I didn't see her resume. But who who knows? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it. it I don't know. She seems. She seems to be the consummate professional so far. So I'll, I'm. I'm going to judge her on how she does her work and not her political beliefs. Or what I think her political beliefs are, because that's all I know about about her political beliefs. She has a virtual virtue signaling bumper sticker or window sticker, which that's what this company is. It's just it's it's a big circle jerk virtue signal. Um, hats off to my sister for yeah. doing it. It's, it's successful and she's happy and she it's it's making her feel fulfilled and that's that's great. To me, in my opinion, it's just one big virtue signal. Um, but you know we have different opinions about that. So. I still support it. Um, I, I might buy a T-shirt or something and uh, use it to sop up dishwater. Uh, easy, easy. Yeah. Hey, out, out of stock, one more question for Matt. Yeah, go for it. 
the OnlyFans girl at your restaurant, is she also the dunk girl? No. <laughs> no. If so, I'll send no. you that link. I just want to be sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the link. <laughs> And I'm not. I'm. I'm not pursuing it. Uh, she's um, the head bartender, and uh, it's funny. Actually, I'll, I'll tell the story. There's a Facebook uh, group that I've been banned from called "The End Is Near." Let's drink beer, and it's been around for a couple of years, basically since COVID. And um, yeah, I got banned from from it. Uh, but apparently, what did you get banned for? I called somebody a retard. Oh well, Matthew. Yeah. I know. During Pride was, Month? I know. <laughs> anyway, she posted a picture of herself and is like, hey, this drink at the Rack House. And people were commenting like, so that's why they call it the Rack House. Because it's just, it's the, the, the group is just one big place for like girls to show themselves drinking and semi-clothed. Yeah. Um, you know. But uh, no, I don't have the OnlyFans link. Um, if if you if you want to hit me up, uh, I can describe her to you, and you can go go searching for yourself. But and I've also I've also told um, uh, we had kind of a conversation her and I about it, and I was like, because she's she's pretty open with it. And I'm like, let's not you know, um, let's not make sure that make sure that doesn't get spread around her, if you don't mind. And she's like, oh no, I would never tell anybody who works here what it is. I'm like, good because. The, I mean, she's got big titties. That's what it is. And the guys already make enough jokes about her, her her boobs. Like, I don't want them spreading pictures around or sharing pictures or saying, "Oh, what she do right. here?" Because it's oh, it, it 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 disrespects her and keeps her from doing her job properly, or at least keeps them from having the proper attitude they need to have towards her as a coworker. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, she, she, she kind of should have thought about that before doing the OnlyFans, but that's just me. Yeah, she does a she does a decent job, so uh, that's all that uh, I really care about. Whether or not you can do your job, and whether or not you you not doing your job makes my job harder. If if you not doing your job makes my job harder, then uh, we got a problem. So I had uh, speaking of work, I had a ninety five dollar glass of bourbon tonight. Really? How was that? One and a half ounces of something or other, Woodford Reserved white corn, twenty year aged barrel aged. This 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 whale who comes up to the bar on Thursday nights and every week and will just tip two hundred bucks and spend a thousand bucks on different bourbons and stuff like that. And so he was buying the bartender Jeez. this super expensive bourbon, and the bartender had like two of them. And was like, ah, I can't. I can't keep up. I, you mind if I give them away? So everybody in the kitchen tonight <laughs> had a hundred dollar shot of whiskey. Dear God. Um, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was interesting. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either. Just hearing the price. I mean, it's not our. It's not even our most expensive whiskey by the poor. So. We have uh, we don't have any Pappy in right now, but that's I think our most I think that might be like a two hundred fifty dollar for like an ounce and a half. But there are like three places places in St. Louis where you can get Pappy Van Winkle. So oh, is that the that's the one whiskey that everybody is all about, right? Well, it's it's yeah, everybody's all about it right now. It's very it's very popular, and um, 
it's that's the kind of whiskey that you drink so that other people know how much money you have. Ah, got it. Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. Well, anybody got anything else? I don't. I'm probably going to pop off and get in the shower and get ready for tomorrow. Well, good for you. Godspeed, sir. I've had like three texts from um, work as I've been sitting here. So, anyway. All right. Oh, there's another well, one. There's another one. Cool. Look at that. I know. Anyway, I am excited for uh, – I'm hoping to make it out to um, to the 4th of July barbecue, Chris. Um, oh, nice. I might have to work that morning. I might have to work that morning. Maybe not. But uh, I'm, I'm going to try and make it out there um, to hang out with everybody because I think it'll be fun. Um, it will be fun. It's going to be a – Yeah, you're planning on going, right? You're yeah, yeah we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Kids yeah, and all. Be good. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. Are are, are there going to be guns to shoot? Can we shoot guns? <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be guns to shoot. I mean, I can certainly bring guns. Uh, but I, I, Chris said, what was indicated to me is that we could blow up anything that we wanted. So okay, all right, cool. I was thinking, you know, you since you kind of work at a restaurant. I was thinking, you know, you could maybe trade some leftover food with maybe, you know, your local fireworks stand. And, you know, I, I don't know. Just, you know, perhaps it's just something, you know, you and uh, the owner could think about. I don't, um, have a fireworks, I don't have a fireworks guy. I have I have a lot of different guys for different stuff. You do. Like, you do. Yeah. But you don't have I, a fireworks guy? I don't have a fireworks guy, no. Huh. And and honestly, fireworks stands piss me off. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's yeah. So there's an empty lot. By my house that allows me to shave off about three minutes from my commute by it's this empty gravel lot in the back end of my neighborhood and allows me to cut through that gravel lot and shave about three minutes off my commute and every year uh, right at this time up to a week after the 4th of July a fireworks tent is put in that empty lot and they block it off except for one entrance and exit and so I, I can't use that uh, that shortcut, and it annoys the fuck out of me every single time. So as a result, you hate all fireworks tents. Yes, and and I also normally like, you know, I'm waking up in the morning. I may be still a little groggy, and I'm just on autopilot. So I drive to where I'm almost hitting the barricade. They pull up because I forgot, and I'm like, oh fuck. Okay, so now I have to back up, turn around, and yeah. Right. Yeah. First thing in the morning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Adding the insult to the injury, of course. So I'm not a fan of fireworks stands. I'm a fan <laughs> of fireworks. I enjoy blowing things up. Can we shoot? Can if I got Roman candles, could we shoot Roman candles at each other? <laughs> at each other? I mean, I'd no. do it. Oh, don't. We got a mute button here. Well, she, Chris from the other room is saying yes. I'm saying oh, you see? are choosing your own uh, risk at that point. Uh, have you ever heard the show? Clearly, we already fucking do that. Yeah, okay. I, know. I know. Just don't shoot him towards the house. Okay. Yeah, see, yeah. there you go. We can do that. Let's do it like let's do it like 1840s dual style. <laughs> like, we, like we take ten pages, turn around, and draw. Light it. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, so okay. you can get it lit first and just blast. Yeah. It's it's decided. Yeah. At one at some point. We just have to tell Lucas he can he can't do that 
until he has right. a driver's license. We're no longer coming because <laughs> we know that Matt will win and I'll end up at the hospital. So, oh, for pizza, you can't end up at the Sorry, hospital Sarah. with Roman candles. For Pete's well, sake, God! When did everybody become such a pussy? I'm coming, and I'm bringing drugs. It was the, it was that year that the Chinese did a bad job packing the Roman candles, and they started to shoot out the end they were holding. <laughs> Whatever that year was, it was like 20, 30 years ago. And then it was—I remember this when I was a kid. Oh, Roman candles are so dangerous. No, can't can't, yeah. can't have Roman candles. Yep, and they're exactly. literally the funnest firework there is to me. You're holding it in uh, your hand. You can shoot it wherever you want. Yeah, I would um, I, I would put uh, I would put bottle rockets up there, which you can't get. You gotta you gotta go out of your way to get fucking bottle rockets. Are they um, are, really? Yeah, most municipalities have them outlawed. Yeah, because they're so oh. much fucking fun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everything and that's super wait, fun is illegal. Just wait until you get farther out here to do some firework shopping. I'm sure pretty much anything you can get in the state of Missouri, you can get out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true, actually. Yeah. As the municipalities lighten up. I do have a question. Go ahead. Um, Matt, what should I plant in my garden that I haven't thought of? Because I just pulled out all my broccoli and my teaser toast now. So I'm getting ready to do a second wave of some things. So what haven't I thought of? Hmm. What about radishes? I have not ever had a radish, I don't think. So, so turnips and radishes are a great thing to do late summer into the fall. Um, root veg, carrots will keep up, you know, all through, but like especially um, super acidic or, not, or just acidic root veggies like turnips and radishes really like the fall. Um, yeah. The, the, and you can, you can, they'll keep growing and keep thriving all the way through to um your first frost uh you the, the greens are really hardy so they they'll they'll stand up really well to, to cold um they don't need a ton of moisture and uh yeah radishes and turnips they're always the best in the fall always is it gonna be worth it with a small space i don't know M maybe maybe not um they do tend to grow pretty quickly about the, the same speed as carrots do so, so yeah and they're, they're super hardy and they'll stay, um, as long as you keep them cool and dry, um, not in the fridge, the fridge is too moist, but find somewhere maybe in the basement to store them. They'll, they will store, that's, you know, gonna be away from pests, but they'll store pretty good um, for a long period of time. Cool. But that, that, that's the, where root cellar comes from. It's literally, that's where, People would keep root vegetables that they harvested late or in the fall, and then keep them there through through the winter. So, potatoes, radish, turnips, that sort of thing. And you get a lot of different varieties. Like um, daikon radish is one that's really really hardy. It's a Japanese variety. They're green, and they grow long like a carrot does. They're and they're really flavorful. I think cabbage but, may also be an option for for late summer into the fall. That's it. That's a good one too. Yeah, that's a good one. Cabbage, green cabbage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're asking. You're asking gardening information from uh, someone who doesn't have a garden, but only I just know what what's it, what's in season and what comes around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's Sarah. Sarah set a precedent last week by asking you what what was her question. She asked about something. 
Oh, what to do with zucchini or some shit? Well, that's a little different than gardening. But. Yeah. I'm not joking, though, today. I harvested seven squash and six zucchini just today. Yeah. Like, it's coming out of my ears. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys I work with, his parents have um, zucchini and squash, and he asked me specifically, we've got so much squash, it's going bad. What do I do with it? And so I... I I had some squash in the walk-in, so I grabbed a, a squash and I made him fried squash, which is how I grew up on it. Take your squash, slice it up, um, lay it on a sheet tray, salt it, and make the slices like a quarter inch to a half inch, depending. Um, salt it and to let it sweat out a little bit, um, dab it with a towel, and then flour it, put it in an egg wash, just like you would fried chicken and then into cornmeal that's been seasoned. Fry that in a pan with about a half inch of oil, canola oil. I wouldn't use olive oil because it'll start smoking and burn, but like a canola oil, and then just let it cool. And it's just, it's just delicious. That's how I grew up. During the summer, June, July, August, especially July and August, almost every single dinner time we'd have fried squash because there was just so much that we'll, it just, it's just, blasting off right now yeah, yeah i feel Squash. like i can't keep up with it at all yeah. it's it's unbelievable i left some on the vine to get some seeds from but um chris did tell me he was willing to try it like that because the way he always had it as a kid he said it would make him throw up so i was like well i'm not gonna do that but it was his mom used to make it with like brown sugar and stuff like that oh fuck that that's not the way to eat anything it is sweet potatoes. Um, Wrong. Um, no. Uh, yeah. And even just um, sautéing it, like making, slicing it up, sautéing it in butter um, is good. Here's another thing you can do with zucchini that I was telling um, a coworker the other day, and I do this all the time for like a little side on something. Do a zucchini au gratin. Do just like you would scalloped potatoes and cream, butter, some cheese in there, and bake. Um, but instead of potato, use thin sliced zucchini. And I'm telling you, if you take, um, make like a, a roux, like a, a flour and butter, um, throw like half a cup of flour and a half a stick of butter in a pan, get that cooked down a little bit, then add milk, maybe, a quart of milk to that if you're doing like a nine by 12 sheet pan or uh, uh, like a glass pan nine by 12 um, cook that add like a quart of milk cook that down season it add maybe a little bit of cheese cheddar is good or white cheddar um, or parmesan parmesan would be really good with that actually uh, or even just like a provel until you make like a sauce like almost like a bechamel sauce and then scallop or slice your zucchini real thin, lay that out in the pan, um, and then just pour that over the top. Bake that at 350 for 45 minutes until you get a nice brown bubble on it and just let it cool and then on the plate, and it's just fantastic. Shit, I'm doing that tomorrow. Thanks. Zucchini au gratin is delicious. So. I've just been doing basic zucchini fries. Definitely going to try that. Yeah, that's, that's one of my go-tos. I, I like to do it with, like, um, like I, like I did it with a strip steak 
whipped potatoes, zucchini au gratin, and a strip steak, and it's just a perfect little, especially if you use like a really sharp cheddar or Parmesan in there, you get this, this, it hit, it, it's creamy and it's flavorful, but then it hits you in the back of the, the jaw with just like a, a little bit of tart, and it, it, it's, it's really good. Zucchini au gratin, do it. Thanks, that's a great idea. Yep. Um, or just, and I, I like to do this, whatever you have that you want to just do weird ideas for fill in the blank on Google. And I do that all the time. It's like, um, so I have guests be like, how did you come up with that? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I've learned it from, you know, this chef or that chef. No, I Googled it and just spent like 10 minutes on Google looking around. Um, yeah. But that was, uh, zucchini au gratin, that was something I learned from um, Chef Philip a couple of years ago. And I do it during the summertime. Um, it, it, it's, it's a great dish. So anyway, I'm going to go. Are you done pooping? I actually never pooped. I've just been sitting here. So. <laughs> Perfect. <clears throat> All right, we'll stop on. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was gonna ask. I was gonna say that if they do do turnips, they decide to grow some turnips. Uh, the turnip greens, the top of them, we cut those off down here and cook them and eat them as a side dish. And they're nice. They're an acquired taste. I grew up on them. They're disgusting. Nope, nope, nope. Disagree. And they're ready to go. I, I, I agree with Hango. Here's the thing. I started, I did try turnip greens. And you could do this with a lot of different things. Turnip greens are, are what, a great thing to do. But bacon and hot sauce. Leftover bacon fat, if you got some, throw that in the pan. Get your turnip greens in there. Saute. Add a little bit of hot sauce to finish. Some onion. And just, yo. No, turnip greens are, are, are good. They're very good. I think I have PTSD from the number of times that my dad has eaten them at Cracker Barrel. That makes me want to vomit. Well, that's well, also Cracker Barrel. That's crass. Well, like fast food turnip greens. That's bullshit. Yeah. I know. Yeah, oh, God, like greens, cooked the right way. It's like it's putting the soul back into your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And turnip greens are different than, than collard greens, too. You know, the... Actually, I can't remember. Um, so like, they don't call them collared people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, turnip greens. Turnip greens are good. Um, in the fall, when I get stuff, I I'll do stuff with the turnip greens as well. They're they're very. They can be bitter, so that's why like hot sauce is a good, uh, and especially bacon to add like savory back to it is a good pairing. Um, but yeah, every time I I do greens. Um, Bacon and hot sauce, I I, I think is a, is a great combo. But yeah, I agree with Hango on that. Turnip greens are good. My grandmother used to make her own pepper sauce where she'd take the cayenne she grew in the garden and pack it in Ooh. vinegar with, with some garlic. And uh, you, you can get something kind of like that, I'm sure, like in Publix or whatever. It usually comes in a uh, – the stuff is clear. It's just vinegar-based, but it's packed full of, like, Tabasco peppers. You can mm -hmm. find it much in a supermarket and it's a lot better than like red hot sauce yeah oh yeah the peppers are a good summertime thing to do too late summer i do love um, peppers yeah i planted uh, i planted bells and something else and cayennes and then chris showed up at home with like two seed packets full of more hot peppers because apparently i wasn't doing enough <laughs> 
Nice. All right. I, I really am bringing this time. I'll see you guys. See you, man. See you, dude. I've got peppers and tomatoes right now. It's all thing I'm doing this year. And last year, I had gallon Ziploc bags full of cayenne peppers trying to give them away. Mine put out so much. And this year, they're already starting to, the blooms are already coming in. It's going to be the same way this year. But we eat them with every meal. So. They're real spicy, though, right? Depends. I've always heard yeah. if, you, if it's somebody with a bad temper that grows them, they're a lot hotter. <laughs> and uh, Jut some just regular jalapeno. We talked about it on the show one night. Jut some just regular plain Jane jalapenos uh, probably two or three years ago. And those things, they were like habaneros. They were so damn hot. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't enjoy them because they were so hot. Um, oh, it, all goes, yeah. it all goes back to what soil you're planting it in, the minerals and everything in the soil. There's some of them around here. I don't know what it is, man. They'll they'll set you on fire. But some of them are kind of mild. It just depends. Nice, nice. I just planted some new ones that are called habanadas, and it doesn't have any heat with it because we don't do heat in this household at all, especially Addison. Oh, I do. So hopefully, I'm the only one that eats hot sauce with anything. You, it's not actual hot sauce. Don't start. No. Valentina's is a beautiful hot sauce. Don't be disrespectful. You're gonna My get muted. daughter likes it. It's not hot sauce. Well, she likes it because she wants to be to be like me. No, but you put Valentino's in my bottle when I was growing up. <laughs> Dude, I put it on everything. Eggs, burgers, fries. Shit's amazing. Well, anybody got anything else glaring? Wrap up the garden hour with the uh, Temple of Unreason. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> uh, just be sure to go by evils.com, E-A-B-L-E-S. <laughs> Use the promo code HANGO to save 15% off your next purchase. Also, be sure to go by mydelta8.com. I love all y'all. Uh, and this is officially my first time on your podcast. Everyone else in this chat was on there before me. Okay, great. Um, I don't want to be rude, but <clears throat> this is not a final edit. I hate you. <laughs> Anyways, well, thanks everybody for showing up. It was a great conversation. And uh, yeah, go buy some drugs. Please clap. Whatever you say, liberal. Okay. Okay. Liberal. Yeah, lib. Whatever you say, liberal. Okay. Okay. Liberal. Yeah, lib. Whatever you say, liberal. Okay. Okay. Liberal. I fucking hate Rob Bell. This has been a production of Tripod Broadcasting.